Seltzer Kings Podcasts. On today's episode, why vague booking will get you no prayers, working with Steve Harvey versus having the will to live, and fame, fortune, and freeing Britney. All that and more on today's episode of Bad Advice with Lori Beth Denberg. Help me out, almighty Lori Beth Denberg. Give me that vital information so I get the red light sooner, yeah. The church of Lori Beth is in session, and we're reading from the scriptures of vital information. Talk to my goddess and my savior, my LBT. Just tell me what's going on with me. Oh my God. This is Lori Beth Denberg, and thank you for listening to the Bad Advice Podcast. I uh, am here with Clark. Hello. Clark Crozer. I think, Clark, that I've given up on the hello. Well, maybe just for this week. I don't know. It makes me hate myself. <laughs> it puts me in the mindset of the listener yeah. who just maybe doesn't need that right off the bat. All right. Well, you don't have to do it. I, I don't have to. Exactly. You, you can break your own laws. My body, my choice. Uh, so <laughs> that's just how I feel. No, no, I get it. I get it. Uh, welcome. Welcome to your listeners. Yes. Welcome, Clark, to oh. your house. Thank you. Um, Clark says he doesn't feel too good today. Yeah. So I, uh, I was telling LB when she got here, I was very excited yesterday. The big day finally came. You lost your virginity. I got my shot. You got your shot? I've been vaccinated. Oh, your COVID-y COVID shot, I'm yes. vaccinated, Clark. That's me. Well, are you half vaccinated or are you vaccinated? Uh, I'm half vaccinated. Oh, you got I didn't get, shot. Yeah, I didn't get Johnson & Johnson. I got the uh, the Moderna. I got the big boy. Oh. Which means that I'm really kind of sore and kind of out of it today because that Moderna kicks your butt, man. How do you feel? What are the symptoms? <clears throat> Well, I kind of feel sore. My arms certainly feel sore, like yeah. I got punched in the arm. But even like, it feels like all of my joints are sore. My le- my hips are sore. My knees are like, it just kind of affects your joints a little yeah. bit. But it was really funny. I did want to tell you, when I went to get the shot yesterday, it was right up here uh, by, our ha- by my okay. house. And I go in and it was, uh, you know, we were out. They had the standing outside and it was kind of cold yesterday. Yeah, it's raining. It was all rainy and cold. So yeah, I, uh, I went to go get it yesterday, last night, and we're standing outside in this cold weather. And they're calling people in by name, right? Okay. If you're on the list, you have to sign up, of course. And if you're on the list, they'll call you in. So they called me in and I walk in. And now there's another new line inside. Of course. So I'm in the standing in the line inside and the guy in front of me is probably 75, maybe 80 year old okay. Asian guy. And as soon as I walk up, he has a mask on. And this is what I hear. And I'm like, yeah, like he's clearly talking to me, but oh. he's, he has such a, a low voice and it's covered by a mask that I can barely understand a word that's coming out of his mouth. But he seemed, I seem to be responding correctly yeah. because he keeps <laughs> talking to me. Like he's telling me something and I'm just like, Oh yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I can't wait. And he's just like, Oh, <laughs> so now I'm kind of listening to this guy. And then I turn to try and, you know, I don't want to keep talking to him. So I kind of just turn so that I'm not facing him. And the next person comes in behind me and it's maybe a 55 year old white woman. And she immediately starts talking to me. (laughs) Oh man, I can't believe they made us wait outside. It was so cold. Why are we doing outside? Look at all these rooms. So now she's talking to me and I'm going, oh yeah, yeah, Yeah. sure, sure, sure. And then I turn back and the other guy is still talking to me. So I have two different people talking to me at the same time. You and should have gingerly stepped out and they would have just started, <laughs> started talking, talking to, to each, each other. other. That would have been brilliant. It would have been way better than me just kind of tennis balling it back and forth. I'm just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, that's great. Oh, no, that's pretty funny. It was so funny. And then I was there for like 10 minutes with these two people. It was crazy. That's nuts. Yeah. So anyway, at least now I have the shot and excellent. I'm feeling a little sore today, but I'll a little be. Sore. Uh, I have my. Tomorrow. Well, this is what's funny, listeners. Is just, I mean, obviously we know every state, even county, is doing this differently. Yeah. So 
as of like my dad got vaccinated because at a certain point after like essential workers and then, you know, right. it turned into like 75 or older, yeah. which my dad fits and then Seniors. 65 and older. And, you know, so we're down now in California, or at least Los Angeles to uh, are you fat? <laughs> Are you fat enough? Why don't you come on down and get your shot? So Clark, uh, Clark is, you know, uh, you were not Overweight. a thin man. No, I'm not. So your wife, who is on top of everything in the universe, yeah. she books you an appointment. She texts me and says, did you make your COVID vaccine appointment yet? And I'm like, am I eligible? Because she's a teacher. So she went in. So I go, am I eligible? I don't teach anyone anything. Right. And she goes, yeah, as of the 15th, being overweight is, you know, qualifies you. Right. And she's, she was very sweet. I will say this. <laughs> Sorry, Clark, this is a little bit of information. All she right. goes, well, yeah, 40% BMI or more that fits Clark, it might fit you too. And I just wrote back like, oh, sweetie, it definitely fits me. But thank you for trying to be subtle. Like, you know, it, it was just so cute. She's like, I don't know if you might. I'm like, baby, I'm fatter than shit. Um, but that was really nice. So I was able yeah. to make an appointment for my first shot Yay. on the 19th. Yay. And I'm looking forward to it. And I'm I'm getting the Pfizer as okay. far as I know. So we'll be able to compare notes. Nice. But, you know, and I want to say, though, you were like, oh, it made me feel. But it's like, good. Yeah. Something happened to you. Yeah, exactly. And something is happening to you. And it's uh, a small price to pay. Yeah, I'm certainly not complaining. Yes, yes, yes. I am fine that I am sore today. I'm just explaining to the listeners that I might not be my big chipper self. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, uh, that was uh, that's what's been happening lately. But we so have... if you are out there oh, yeah. and you find out, look to see if you are eligible, dear yes. listeners, and get yourself an appointment and let's get this started. Then they can start listening to the show without a mask on. Then, exactly. Your <laughs> iPod has a mask and you have a mask. <laughs> you have to drench your earbuds and sanitizer every time you listen. That's not the way we have to live. No. We get vaccinated. Get your get your shit together and yep. let's get to the point where we can all hug again. Woo! That sounds good. Uh, but until that day comes, we do have some questions from some of our listeners, and I uh, thought that you might want to answer them. I do. All right, so let's do it. We got uh, question number one. Question number one comes from Michelle. And Michelle asks, I found out a couple of months ago that someone from Facebook who I thought was a good friend did something very bad. Ooh. They vague book posted confessing and then just disappeared. I found out from people who knew them that what they came clean about was just the tip of the iceberg. And there's a whole other big mess of lies. I feel betrayed. And that part is hard enough to handle, but I'm also struggling with missing this person, or at least who I thought they were. I feel horrible about missing them because of what they did, and I don't know how to deal with the conflicting emotions. Help? Question mark? Oh my. So let's just address vague booking. Yeah. Because uh, it's so annoying. Yeah. You know, the whole, that search for attention, you know, need your prayers more than ever. Can't get into it. <laughs> right. Like, well, then no. Well, then why are you posting? Yeah, exactly. So you can get 59. Oh, I hope you're okay. I'm praying yeah. for you. What's going on? Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah, the, the yeah, text yeah. and phone calls from people that actually have your contact information right. that you might have met in person. So vague book posting is obnoxious. Yeah. Now, what what concerns me slash interests me that I find titillating yeah. is that it's Michelle. Mm -hmm. Michelle, you didn't tell us what he confessed to. Yeah, and it's nobody knows. You know, everything is yeah. anonymous here. I want to know what this guy did. We don't even know that your name is Michelle. You might be a huge liar. <laughs> um, so, I, of course, then I'm left to wonder. Yeah, it's the tip of one iceberg. Yes, I want to exactly. know what iceberg this is. Is it like, well, it turns out he wore a toupee. Right. But then I found out he's a serial rapist. <laughs> exactly. Like, I, it's just, there's a lot to, to daydream about now. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. I always daydream about serial rapists. Okay, exactly. Anyway, that's a little yeah. look into my <laughs> life. Um, well, and you also don't make clear whether you're friends with this person in real life or just on Facebook. Yeah, well, someone, she does say uh, someone from Facebook who I thought was a good friend. So 
maybe this was somebody that yeah. she knew? Well, she doesn't say it was a good friend of mine and I found out on Facebook. Right, so that's knows? true. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows what the dealio is? But Michelle, I mean, depending on what this confession was and what it unearthed. Yeah. You know, you, you have to make the choice. Obviously, there's something in you that's saying, I do want to reach out to this person. I do want this person in my life. And if they've disappeared from Facebook and you have no way to get in touch, like, I don't know the situation. But if you were truly disgusted, you would be like, oh, fuck that noise. Yeah. I don't want to talk to that person ever again. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that you there's some ambiguity to how you feel, mm-hmm. you know, you could do a lot of things you could just choose to say you know for safety's sake or better safe than sorry i'm just gonna let it go you know you could reach out to this person and say look i know all this shit has come out yeah i'm still thinking about you yeah you know and maybe you know if that friendship continues you can get an explanation right you can get you know some idea of like not only what happened but why because you really don't know i mean depending honestly if it's like you know i i'm a proud boy right and you can just be like "Mm, we're done yeah you know or if it's like you know i i didn't go to college and everything i said was a lie and i scammed my way into my job like there's i wish you call back yeah call back well oh you wrote in Call back or write back and let us know the gist. Yeah. Michelle. Or or intimate juicy details or, if you want to uh, throw yes. those in too. Yes, we'd, I, we'd be fine with that. Yeah, exactly. So you have anywhere from gist to full court juicy. transcript. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's really up to you how you want to handle it. And you know how you feel in your gut. Yeah. And if some of this is... The other people, you know, going like, you should never talk to him again, or this is, you know, completely cut him out or whatever. That might be their bag and they might have a good point. Right. But if you are ambivalent, you know, there's a lot of ways to have this person in your life without just saying, oh, it's all fine. No problem. Exactly. You know, that's exactly right. And be honest with them. Exactly. Be honest and address it. It's an elephant in the room. Exactly. And if the if there's two people in a room with friendship and an elephant, if the elephant is too big, there's no room for the friendship. Or the friendship can conquer the elephant. Another needlepoint pillow. Sometimes the el- sometimes the friendship can conquer the elephant. There you go. I that like that. That just sounds like a like a ancient Chinese saying <laughs> that means nothing because I said it. Well, I gotta feel like you know. Look, putting it in my own perspective, looking at my own friends list. If one of the people that I knew, it was my friends, killed a puppy. Oh, I would never look at them the same way again on purpose. I would never want to be friends with them. Logan, why did you do it? (laughs) Right. So this it can't be that bad what this person did, because clearly Michelle is still willing to be friends with them. Yeah. Or she misses that. Like whatever is they were adding to her life is still, you know, she still feels the need or the want for it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. seriously, Michelle, please write oh, back and just tell us what happened. So curious. Because I am not going to sleep until I hear from you again. <laughs> okay, well. And also, don't vague post people. Yeah, Say what's please. up or keep your mouth shut. Seriously, that's very you good know, advice. even and then there's the ones that like big job might be coming. Can't tell you. Right. It's like, then shut up. Yeah, tell me when you can tell me. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> that just gets my cockles up. I don't know. Um, let's move on to our next uh, question. Okay. Thanks, next- Michelle. Thanks, I know Michelle. I yelled at you a lot, but <laughs> it's okay. All right. We're moving on to Brianna. And Brianna says, Hi, LB. My name is Brianna, and I need some advice. Okay. I'm 30, and I'm having trouble finding a new job. I currently work full time for a company that has destroyed my mental health and overall confidence. I'm not being paid what I deserve. The commute benefits and hours are terrible. I need out. I've been searching for a new job for a year now with a handful of interviews and promising leads that led to nowhere. I also own and operate a small editorial outside of my full time job. 
I have an associate's and bachelor's degree with numerous certifications and volunteer for Big Brothers, Big Sisters of America. Presumably, because of the pandemic, it is even harder to get noticed in the job market. It is very competitive, not to mention people keep telling me, at least you have a job, which doesn't help my depression any. I have a chunk of money set aside that I made from the sale of my home a few months ago, and I'm considering taking a leap of faith. I have enough to last me for two months. My thought is quit my job for my mental sanity, spend my free time applying for new opportunities, and maybe connect with a business coach to see if my editorial has a potential to be something full-time. The only problem is the money that I have set aside for are for roof and sewer repairs for my new home that needs work this spring. I figured if I can land a new career with a better paying salary, I'll be able to pay for those repairs easily. But all this doubt and lack of confidence in myself has me feeling stuck. Should I take the leap of faith and kick depression's ass or continue working for this company that makes me dread weekdays and continue to apply for jobs and hope I get a call back? Thank you so much. P.S. You were my favorite cast member on all that. And thank you for all the laughs. <laughs> well, thank you, Brianna. I will say that our listeners send us questions with information. Yes, they do. They don't just go like, I don't like my job. What should I do? <laughs> it's like, let me lay it out, guys. Yeah, I love it. Let me give you the background, the <laughs> foreground. Let's just put this on the table. Well, otherwise, uh, you get a Michelle who's vague book posting about her vague book you know, posting. Michelle, I know we're giving you a lot of shit, but just come through with us with a follow up. OK, <laughs> Brianna, first of all, I feel like Brianna might just be trying to make me feel bad by telling me she owns a house and giving me her litany of accomplishments. <laughs> right, a new house, too. Yes, exactly. Oh, I had a house, but then I sold it and I got a new, new one. House. And all of her, like, educational qualifications. <laughs> At the end, she's like, oh, I guess you wouldn't understand that college nobody, <laughs> high school dropout. Um, well, the first thing I want to address is that Brianna, you keep using the word depression. Yeah. Um, I want to, people sometimes just say that as though, oh, I'm just depressed. And sometimes people are clinically depressed. Yeah. And that's a big distinction. So yeah. if you are having, you know, signs Political of, bouts. Uh, yeah, signs of depression, you know, if it's, if it's, I hate my job, it's draining, that's one thing. Yeah. If it's, I hate my job, I don't want to be alive anymore. Right, I hate my life. That's yeah. another thing. So only you can really understand how you feel and what's going on in your mind and in your heart or people close to you. So if depression means depression, please get some help for that. Yeah. And that could, don't take this the wrong way, but if you are really depressed, physically, mentally, um, and you get help for that, it could improve how you feel about your job. Sure. So, but your job sounds shitty as fuck. Yeah. So, you know, and, and it's like, everyone, these are all the problems we already have. And then it was like, thanks, COVID. Everything's so much worse and harder. Exactly. So it is going to be difficult. And I don't know what field you're in, but if you want to take this leap of faith, which mm. is a brave thing to do. Very brave. You could do a half leap of faith. Yeah. And just try to get some job not in your, you field. know, wheelhouse, yeah. not, you know, not another job doing the same thing you do. Right. But just at as less soul sucking company but just a job yeah yeah and that might be a load off your mind too to just not that it's easy to just be like well no i want a job right but if you're like a content creator for a medical website that's pretty you know <laughs> that's specific. specific yeah so you know you could do maybe something whatever else still bring in some money and still use the money to pay for your new house mm -hmm. and you know, that could be another option. But um, if this if this job is just soul sucking, you know, and also, is there HR that you could talk to? Is there mm -hmm. anything that might be improved? I know right. that's kind of a long shot because workplaces are workplaces and bosses are bosses and personalities are personalities. Right. And the, the fact that she was talking about how the commute was horrible, the benefits were horrible, the hours were horrible. It's like. 
I think it, it's more to, more than just a boss or a coworker. Yeah, you it's know? it's the entirety of it. Yeah. And a long commute it could be a real drag. Yeah. Especially when you're like, oh, I have to get up extra early so I can drive a really long way in traffic to a place that I hate. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, ah, oh, my day started great. <laughs> like I'm already at an 80% deficit before my first cup of coffee. That's right. So if that is truly draining you of your life and you have this plan, you have this cushion of your savings or your severance. Um, that's another thing. Talk to somebody and say, can you lay me off? Yeah. There you and go. then you can get like unemployment. Yeah. But um, yeah, whatever's going to alleviate this. I don't, I don't have the will to live. Yeah. Is something to think about. And just another wrinkle to that is, you know, could I just get another job, another job, 10 minutes from my house, right? You know, make some money and keep looking for a job in your field in the meantime. Right. Also, she could try and cut down the hours of her current job, ah. right? If it's a horrible job, maybe you can work there. You Maybe you can cut your hours down to part time. If you yeah. could last two months by quitting today, maybe you could last four to six months by just being part time. Yeah. Uh, and then, then you'd only hate your life half as much. Exactly. But that might be enough to yeah. boost your confidence and boost your personality back up. And yep. you could, maybe this is all, you know, a uh, snake eating its own tail here. Maybe yeah. because you're depressed, it's making it harder to find a job when you're going on interviews. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe the, the, the smallest amount of change is going to be enough to kind of break you out of your your kind of uh, uh, cocoon that you're in right yeah. now and start you on a new Your path. miserable dark cocoon. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, check check yourself uh, as far as what depression really means to you and how you need to take care of yourself outside of, I don't like my job. Yeah. The rest of your life is important too and need to make sure that you're taking care of yourself to be your best self, to be the best Brianna you could be. But uh, both LB and I have uh, worked for horrible places that uh, we did not like. Oh, yeah. Uh, we completely understand how that feels being driving to work every day, just miserable and hating that you're having to go there. And going like, oh, I don't want to spend another day with Steve Harvey. <laughs> Come but on. I do think then I, I know you I'll be have to say whether you believe you agree with me or not. But I do think that quitting just flat out quitting this bad job with no uh, lifeline or no link to what's going to be next is ridiculously scary. And I don't know if I would recommend it that. is scary. And if you do it sweetly, maybe you can get a letter of recommendation. Yeah, maybe if applicable. Yeah. So, um, anyway. Okay. Thanks, Brianna. Good luck with everything a million times. Yeah. All right. Okay. Moving on to AJ. Ooh. Next question is from AJ. And AJ asks, weight hasn't been an issue for me. How do I relate to my fat family and friends? Aha. Thanks, AJ. Hmm. Well, I'm on the other side of that. Yeah. Um, And talked a little bit about it is that's a really interesting question yeah it's it's important to have compassion for anyone and we talked about you know in the in the body image body image weight loss episode, episode yeah what's the word episode <laughs> um about all the different reasons that people eat yeah. and eat compulsively and are overweight and there are you know medical ones and then there's emotional and there's you know issues run the gamut yeah so i mean i think it, if your fat family's like we don't want you here <laughs> if you come by we're gonna eat you but um you ain't fat you ain't nothing yeah it's like a weird al yankovic video <laughs> ding dong man ding dong they're trying to Force feed Weird Al food. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Okay. Um, Clark is wearing a, a Weird Al shirt today as well. <laughs> That's true. I love um, Weird Al. So if you're asking how to relate to them, maybe you're thinking like, how do I understand? Because there's all kinds of shit that people don't think of mm -hmm. when you're fat. It's like the panic attack I have walking into a restaurant that only has booths. Yeah. 
and am I going to fit in this booth? Right. You know, the getting in someone's car and the seatbelt doesn't fit. Yeah. There's just like all these little things. And then you could say, well, don't be so fucking fat. Right. But we talked about the different reasons and the psychological stuff. And it's not that easy some of the time. So to find the compassion to understand where someone might be coming from. These are your, you know, your friends and family, yeah. like people you love. Yeah. You could maybe ask. Yeah. You know, and in that way, that's, you know, there's the difference between like, you know, I really just want you to be healthy and, right. you know, not bringing up weight loss, but saying, you know, I'm really interested because I know that there's can be a lot of emotional stuff behind this yeah. kind of stuff. You know, would you tell me about yeah. it? So th that's one way to just ask, but another is to just kind of, have it in your mind that there are reasons that don't have to do with just I'm a gluttonous slob. Right. And to 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 try to understand that. Yeah. It goes a long way toward how you see someone. That's exactly right. Yeah. So that's my advice. But if the reason you can't relate to your family is because they speak French and you don't. Yes. The answer is to learn French. Oh, Maybe damn they're it. just like, oh, 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 croissant, <laughs> croissant, mi amour. And you just don't understand. Is, is it mi amour Italian? Mi amour? I don't know. <laughs> ah, croissant, croissant, mademoiselle. Hey, there we go. That's French. Uh, so if that <laughs> is the only issue. Sure, sure. Like, if you just don't speak French fat fat. Yeah. Then learn French you and you're go. halfway there. Such good advice. Yes. All right. All right. Thanks, AJ. We're moving on to uh, another question. This is from Mary. And Mary has uh, a question about her family. She says, my son is 23 and still at home. And it's not healthy to want him home forever. But I do. Is that wrong? Ah. Uh. I don't know if it's wrong. Thanks, Mary. Yeah. Um, I have one example in my life that I will very, I'm going to vague book you right now <laughs> to protect the, not to protect the innocent, to protect me from getting shit forever. <laughs> and, you know, you know what I mean. Sure. But I have a friend who has um, two kids, almost college age, mm. and- she keeps a tight rein. Mm. They are smart bunnies. Mm. They are accomplished. They are awesome kids. Mm. And they were just going to go to college in the state where they lived. Right. They are not going anywhere else. They are staying near me. Yeah. And that's kind of a bummer to me because they are good kids. It'd be different if your kid was like a fuck up right. and you're like, why don't I send you to Boston so you can drink away your tuition? Right. You know, <laughs> but these kids are like good bunnies. I've known them since they were young. Oh. And so there's that kind of control being, you know, over them. Yeah. And I feel like that could, and I'm not like super close to them at either. They're right. not calling me and being like, oh, B, how can I get out of the house? Right, right. You know, so You're it's, not Auntie Lori to uh, yeah, them. Yeah, I'm not Auntie Lori to them, just to Lex. I'm yeah. waiting to have that conversation with Lex, <laughs> Lex one day. It'll come a lot sooner. I'll be like, Auntie Lori, I'm already seven. Will these fucking people ever get off my back? <laughs> Mimi is up my ass all the time. And what's with this weird owl all yes, the time? All the time. Ugh. So there's that's one way where, you know, you are stifling your kid. Yeah. You could be stifling your kid because of your needs and your nervousness and your worry and your right, fear. Right. Um, or you could just have a kid that is like, you're cool, mom. Like if he's a PS and by the way, I'm 45 years old and I live with my father. Yeah. So let me just say that. <laughs> but, you know, I moved when with him, you know, less than five years ago and yeah. it was because he had heart surgery yeah. and I was like, why don't I just live here? He's old and wobbly. Right. Right. So, and I did live on my own for years and oh, years yeah. and years. Yeah. 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 Um, and for a little while with the corn. And for a little while with the corn, I did. I had a baby corn in my one apartment until <laughs> it disintegrated. 
from too much hugging. <laughs> um, so I don't know, Mary, from your question, yeah. if you are saying to him, it's safe here. Right. Don't go into the world. Anything could happen to you. <laughs> or if you just have a kid that's just hanging out and, you know, that's been a thing over the last probably 20 years yeah. of like, yeah, kids move back in with their parents, kids older, you know, kid, not to say kids, children, children, children. of, you know, of parents. Yes. Those are the correct. Those are the, <laughs> like you teach your your kid now the real word penis and vagina. Right, exactly. You don't say like kachonk kachonk and papini peen. <laughs> I don't know why a vagina is a kachonk kachonk. That was know. weird. But um, you know there are plenty of older children that live with their parents for financial reasons. Sure, 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 like sure. me, it's financial, and I'm there to help my dad not fall down yeah. or just do stuff for him that. Yeah. He doesn't have to do anymore. You know what? You've earned it. You don't have to take the trash barrels out. Exactly. So if your son's at home, I hope you're at least putting him to work a little bit. <laughs> yes. Trash barrels, take the trash out, rake the leaves. Yeah, I tried go. to think of a chore other than trash, and it just <laughs> didn't come to me. Um, gutters, do all that stuff, Sure, son. sure, 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 sure. So whether or not, but you're saying I want him to be, is that wrong? Yeah. There's a difference between wanting him to be and trying yeah. to make him stay. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with wanting him to stay. You love your son and sounds like you know you have a good relationship with him. Yeah. So that's not unhealthy to want him to stay there. But I also want to throw out to Mary, come on, you just got a bonus year. 2020. I, if if your son is 23 and living at home with you, I guarantee you he was living at home with you through yeah, this right. pandemic where you got to spend every single day with him, 24 hours, I'm sure, or close to it. Maybe that's how she got hooked. <laughs> so you could consider 2020 as your special bonus year and be a little, you know, let him go to to find himself. And, and when he's ready let him go. Yeah. Because you've had this extra time that you get to kind of keep in your heart forever. And there's a lot to be said. Another thing about like, get out of my house or letting them leave is that at some point we all need to be on our own two feet. Yeah. And you live at home and you go, well, everything's just here. And you move to an apartment and you go, well, where's the cheese grater? Right. Well, you didn't buy one. Those exactly. things don't come with <laughs> exactly. a house, you know? And, and the idea of making money and paying rent and really seeing how much is left right. like i don't get to go to the movies 10 times That's because right. that cost 150 dollars and i don't have that to spend now you know it's it's learning to be an adult That's exactly and right. living with you doesn't necessarily mean that he is you know stunted or stifled but that is a benefit of letting someone go right exactly that's exactly right. But I feel like it's it's healthy to love and want to have your son around if you if you're have a if you have a good relationship with him. So mm -hmm. don't feel guilty. Smushing just you can smush him and it's nice. Just don't stifle. No stifling. No stifling. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's actually a good chunk of questions. I okay. thought maybe we can move on to our rotating segment of the week. Uh, and this week, I'm very excited because it is a flashback. Flashing back with Clark and LB. Let's talk about some fun memory. Because it's a flashback. Yeah. I love that jingle. That's my favorite. Jeremy Palin, our producer, does, does, the, does our jingles. That one just floats in my heart. <laughs> He's so ironically earnest. Um, so this flashback was spurred on by a Facebook thread of yes. a bunch of high school students of ours. Our friend Stephen. Yeah. From, we'll call him Stephen K. Sure. Um. He is a high school drama teacher. Yeah, we we went all went to high school together, mm -hmm. uh, all of like uh, two blocks away from my house. Yes, um, and less than that. Yeah, seriously. I could spit on our high school from here, I and know. quite frankly, I'd like to. <laughs> um, so he moved to New Jersey with his husband. Yep. They have a 
God, 14, 15 year old kid yeah, now. Yeah, he's so big. Awesome. Yeah. And he works at Bergen County High School. That's right. And he's a, a teacher. And one of the things he teaches is drama. I don't know if it's musical theater. I don't know his specific, you know, job title. Right. But he, uh, you know, like a lot of people, you see all these videos of, you know, an orchestra playing and they're on Zoom and right. then the, everyone's in their little box, but they're playing this music or you see people singing and, you know, he is doing that with their musical this year, which is Working yes. by Studs Terkel. Studs Terkel. It, it was a book by Studs Terkel, right, I right. believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then- um, A documentary, was, I think, as well. Yes. And it was turned into a musical by, you know, all the different songs are by different people. Yeah. And Stephen this, Schwartz, I think. Yeah, Stephen Schwartz and James Taylor. James Taylor. And a lot of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this holds a special place in our heart because Clark and I and Stephen and, and Steven. others- yeah. Did working in high school in in very a very similar circumstance. Oh, that's right because because it, like today they're they were planning to do a a different musical, but because of COVID and because of Zoom and because of all this stuff, uh, Stephen decided to try and do working because it's it's a little bit it's kind of just like monologues. Most of it is just one person on stage talking about or singing about. Their job. And this translates to our experience because emergencies apparently mean that you have to do the show working. Right. Because when we did working in high school, we were going to do another. We were going to do Into, Into the, the Woods. Into the Woods. And then we were cast. They were already started building the sets. Yeah. And then the Northridge earthquake happened and it was so damaged. It was like, well, we can't do that. Which let's do working. Yeah, (laughs) that was pretty much it. We couldn't do into the woods. So we're like, what's the easiest, simplest non-set play that we can do. And, and working is weird, but it's also fun. And there's this huge mix of different songs. Like I said, they're written by different people. And, Clark and I each had a couple, well, I had a, we each had a couple numbers and one of our numbers was good. Yeah. One of our numbers each was good and And one was just. Horribly boring. Yeah, not great. (laughs) Um, So, but we'll talk about. That's probably what happens when you uh, have seven different people writing a musical. Yeah. (laughs) Some songs are great. Some kinds are shitty. We should explain. It's just kind of a study of. American jobs, different people, how they end up in the jobs they end up in and what those jobs are like and what they do to the people. Like we talked, like Brianna. Oh, yeah. You know, you have somebody who loves their job and they're like, I love it. And then you'd have someone like Brianna from earlier question saying, this is killing me. Yeah. So there's all kinds of different ones. We'll talk about the bad songs we had first. (laughs) Clark, why don't you go ahead? So there's all these amazing songs. You know, James Taylor, you're getting amazing songwriters and they're big, you know, belty songs and Broadway numbers. And then like midway through act two, the whole play screeches to a halt when I come on stage <laughs> as 90 year old Joe. Joe's like the, the, the retiree and he's talking about life as a retiree. And it's just an endless, endless song that may, it's just him complaining. I get the mail. I check my uh, teeth. Oh, if you don't check your teeth every day, you might end up getting a cavity. It's just like nonsense bullshit for yeah, it's four just, and a half minutes straight. It is a slow plotting list of why his life isn't worth living. Yeah. And it just goes on and on. And Clark used to get so mad at me (laughs) because I would just make up. It was hard to like. The entire song is that one verse yeah da, 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 da. and then you talk a little bit and say something about what just thought you were just singing about so and I then would... it just loops da, 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 da. so i would make up other lyrics which are always funny and he'd go don't do that it's hard enough because um, i'd be like you kiss your cat you go to mars <laughs> to Mars, you realize I can't breathe, so you die. <laughs> and he'd be like, oh, don't put that shit in my head. Oh, uh, and then your horrible character, uh, that was just hard. It was like a sad song. Well, it's, it was a sad, well, part of it was, 
this character, now the, we're in high school. Yeah. A lot of these characters, like Clark was not a 95-year-old no. retiree. No, and Nor was I like a 60-year-old teacher. Right. So I played the teacher. This is pre-Miss Fingerly on yeah. all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I played this downtrodden teacher who's like these kids today. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What? Did you wear... The same fingerly dress when you were a teacher in working? I didn't wear the same fingerly dress. No, no, no. I wore like a drab brown one. Oh, okay. I didn't. Okay. Um, but that would have been that amazing. Been so crazy. Yeah. Um, so and the the worst part about it is when you, you know, I go and then I'm I say like the first thing is like I'm a 65 year old. And it's like, it laughs. Right. Because I was, you know, 17 in high school. And then the the song is just slow and depressing. And so those were our shitty moments. Yeah. But we each had a great moment. Yes. Because Clark played uh, Al. Loving Al. Loving Al, a a valet. Yes. So let's hear a little bit of Al's song. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's play this song. I punch out a ticket, slide under the wheel, and right off the bat, have it under control. Using one hand to spin her around without backing up. Put her straight in the hole. People ask me how I do it. I tell All them right. that there ain't nothing to it. Cause I so Clark plays it. Al. And yeah. let's now play. I played. I don't think she had a name. But I played the cleaning That's woman. That's true. You're right. The cleaning I don't think she woman had a name. probably, ha- which is apropos of the song, but the cleaning cleaning women is probably the best song in the in the in whole the show. play. Yeah, let's play this clip. this great song and I went out into the audience with the wireless mic yeah. and kind of sat on people's laps and you know and then when Clark and I are recounting because Stephen is doing this you know working with his class which it's going to be streamed like four times at the end we're going to give you yeah. the link yeah 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 because you can go and watch it and see what the hell we're talking about yeah, and help out his school and help out his school and make him look so good yeah um, exactly but Reflecting on those two songs that we did, Clark and I, <laughs> as 17-year-old white kids, yeah. played like a 60-year-old black man yep. and a 40-year-old black woman. Yeah. There were not a lot of people of color <laughs> at well, there at our school, well, maybe, but within the drama department. Yeah. No. I, I always say that I we had it was a very mixed culturally wise. It was a very uh uh, mixed group of students when we were going to school because yeah. we were in LA, you know? So there's yeah. pe- people from everywhere around the world were in our school. However, they didn't the really dra- migrate yeah. to the drama, drama department. department. Exactly. So it didn't occur to me until just now. And this isn't a political thing. Like <laughs> we need more integration in school. You know, this isn't about representation or whatever. This is just... In hindsight, I mean, it is, but I'm not like making a thing about it. Right. It's like, yeah, I guess was pretty hilariously prescient yeah. that we both played, you know, grown up black people. <laughs> um, and it was just but it, it was it was fun. Yeah. Can I tell you my favorite uh, story about cleaning women? Please. Your, your song. So while you were on stage and then, you know, walking into the audience and singing to people and you were so focused and 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 having fun with mm-hmm. that song. I was backstage. I wasn't part of that song. And backstage, I was my one of my two best friends. There was Logan, we've mm-hmm. talked to, but there was also Boone. Boone. And Boone was my second favorite uh, uh, person in that yeah. school. And he was very young when we did working. He yeah. was like two years younger than both of us. And so he didn't, he wasn't uh, able to be in the play. He wasn't cast as a part, but he did want to work backstage on, on the show. So he was running lights and your <laughs> number cleaning woman was the only number that was like a big kind of like, 
you know, uh, 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 Motowny, yeah. flashy kind of song. And so it kind of needed the lights to be going a little crazy. And I loved every night I would go backstage and I would watch him do the lights and he was doing his own dance number he was back there just like running these lights going up and down bouncing in his seat he was just having so much fun listening to you sing your song and flashing the lights i always remember that it was such a a good memory from oh, that play thanks boone i love you a hundred times i do love boone he's yeah. the coolest yeah 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 anyway anyway so let's so i'll say other my my other favorite song from oh, yeah. working yeah. is a james taylor song called oh, millwork yeah. and it's just a gorgeous song it's a sad song and actually patty lupone does a version of it. I think oh. she was in working, working. Oh. and I think she played the hooker. Oh, because she nice. had said I was the. Oh, she might have said she was the hooker, but she also said she was like the one part without a song. Huh. Um, Which is and the there are in the high school version. They are not uh, doing the hooker, although right. we did. We did. Yeah, we I have the hooker. I think Maddie was Maddie the Werber, hooker. Yeah, exactly. um, so, and she did a great, she's a method actress. <laughs> she made a shit ton of money that year and gave the performance of her life. Uh, but in this one, there's two things that are cut, which are a newsboy. Yeah. Which is, doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. yeah. And then um, the hooker is not going to be in the... Bergen County High School production of Working. Right. So I, but I want to put this out there. Because uh, it's also, it's this upcoming weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the 19th, 20th, and 21st. Yep. So, so you got to listen, A, you got to listen to this podcast on time. Yes. Which if you're not, none of this matters. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then you could, what's the uh yep. thingy URL? So if you go to bcts.bergen, B-E-R-G-E-N.org, that'll take you to the school's website. Uh, and then you just have to kind of uh, find the theater department's uh, uh, page and they'll have, uh, but you're, you, you're going to post a, a link to the yeah, actual Yeah, I'm going to smush it on my, on, on my Facebook and on my um, Instagram. But if you wanted to look at the, at the website for the school, that's yeah. the website you oh, should Oh, and you to. might want to check it out because apparently it is the number one high school in America. That's what we were told. That's what we were told. So I, I <laughs> hope that I'm not blaspheming uh, Chatsworth. Yeah, no Who God. actually holds the top spot. Yeah, that holds the top. <laughs> it, it's the It's only the best high school in Porn County. Yeah. <laughs> Chatsworth is the porn capital of the world. Woohoo! So uh, go look for that. Yes. Yeah. And we love you, Stephen, and we love you, theater kids all across the world. Yeah, and if you want to help the donate, uh, I'm sure you could uh, go on their site and contact Stephen or contact anyone, and I'm sure you could donate. Yes. So let's move on to our final question okay. of the day. What is it? What is it? Our final question is actually from somebody named Chase, and they sent this is a phone call. We have a phone call a phone message. Call. So here we go. Let's play the phone call. Hey, LB. My name is Chase, and I just wanted to call to ask what your opinion is on the Free Britney movement. Um, it's been gaining a lot of steam here lately, so I was just really curious to know what your thoughts are. I'm a big, you know, believer in, you know, bring Britney Spears, and I just want to know, you know, what we can do to you know, help, you know, make this issue even more, you know, known, um, even though it is gaining steam, but I just, you know, I would love to help her. So if there's anything we can do, I'd love to know your thoughts. Thank you. Bye. Thank Hi. you. Thank you, Bunny. That's Chase. Chase. I like that name. Yeah. Um, I actually just recently watched the, I think it's called Framing Britney Spears yeah. documentary on Hulu. Yeah, I believe it's on Hulu. It's the New York Times, yes. right? So first of all, obviously it's a documentary yeah. made from a point of view. It does mean something to me that it's come out by the New York Times. Yes. That means something to me. That me has too. weight to me. Yeah. Um, and I do, while well, I did meet Britney Spears very early on, I have mm. a cute picture of us. Nice. Did she come at, on the show? No, it was a, I think it was like a Nick takes over your school uh, or something. Oh, I met her in Savannah, Georgia. Oh, okay. Which was one of my favorite trips ever. Mm. But, um, but I do not know her. Right. I do not. I'm not even acquainted with her. Right. You met her. Once. Let alone friends. Yeah. Let alone friends. Yeah. So. 
I can't speak to that, but I did watch the documentary. And what I can speak to, I'll do it a little briefly, is being a kid in show business. Yeah. And watching even people I love going through paparazzi bullshit and being misrepresented and the narrative is the narrative that they want to tell based on the picture they take. And that is all very real. Yeah. And in the documentary, some of that stuff is, uh, you know, fully explained. And it was like, you know, the paparazzi are like, you know, we, we really care about you. How are you? Right. And, and this one paparazzo, which is the singular of paparazzi is, um, I speak Italian. It, you know, it's just pretty disgusting. Yeah. He seems like a nice guy, but then he's like, you know, asked, you know, do you think that following her around, you know, hurt her, whatever they ask him. And he's like, no, I don't think so. And this is a guy where he's bothering her and she, they explain like all the stuff she was going through at that moment. She gets out of her car and tries to smash his car with an umbrella, which are these famous photos of Britney goes crazy, you know? And it's like, Oh really? You don't think you were harming her? You think she was fine with it when she did that? Yeah. You know, and I just looked at this guy and I was like, "Fuck you." Yeah. Um and that's a real issue with being a kid or being a celebrity when you're not fully actualized when you don't have control of the narrative right is that people make money off you yes and that's what's important to most people it's odd i was just thinking now as you were talking you know we've been you talked two weeks ago about how you've just been kind of stuck at home for too long you know with covid you're kind of getting a little stir crazy because you have no alone time you're quarantining but you're never alone yeah I feel like that's got to be a part of what was hurting her at the time, too, because even though there was no covid, there was no quarantine. However, she was living a life where she had zero private time. Oh, yeah. Most of the times that they show in this documentary, obviously, she went to plenty of award shows and and that where things are more controlled. But what was amazing and really kind of sweet is Half the time when they're showing the paparazzi going after her, she's like trying to go through the drive-thru at Burger King. Exactly. You know, she's just like, I just wanted a Whopper, y'all. Yeah, exactly. And then then you cut to, you know, her reacting to that stuff. And, you know, according to this documentary and according to kind of what I know about stuff, getting this bad rap, having her reputation turned into you know, shit because it sells papers Mm -hmm. and it sells TV shows and monologue jokes. And that's just what she becomes. So the big part of the free Britney movement is that she is under the conservatorship of her father. Right. So she doesn't have control over her money. She doesn't have control over a lot of things. Yeah. And she did not want that. Well, let me clarify she didn't say, I'm sure she said at one point, but in all this recent stuff that the free Britney movement is really bringing to light, she hasn't been saying, I don't need a conservatorship. I'm just perfect. I can do anything. She's saying specifically, and this is from court documents as well, I don't want my father yeah. to be the conservator. Yeah. And that has that has not happened. He is still. You know, and at the same time, another thing, this is what I've thought, too, over the years. But the documentary says it explicitly. She's working a lot. Yeah. She's out there doing her shows. If she's so unstable. Right. That she needs, you know, to be coddled and and, you know, handled with kid gloves and not be able to make any decisions. But she's fine to go out and do her job. Yeah. Maybe she should take uh, five years off and not do anything. Yeah, exactly. So she can recover. You know, you're so concerned about your daughter. It's like and all these people involved in this get money for. Yeah. You know, as long as they're a part of her you know, babysitter club. Yeah. They get paid for babysitting. So yeah, she's fine to work. She's fine to make money, which turns into your money. Right. But not fine to have. And, you know, a cash cow is a real thing. Yeah. And it just seems that the free Britney movement has really keyed in. What's funny is the two chickies that have the 
kind of spearheaded this. They have a, I can't remember what it's called. It's Britney Instagram where mm. they like are watching Britney Spears and trying to come mm. to the truth. They're like, we really do our research. Like huh. they're like uh, Woodward and Bernstein yeah. of the free Britney movement. Huh. So it was uh, the documentary. I mean, check it out. And there's other documentaries there. It was really sad. Oh, now let me ask you this. You were a public figure. Did you ever have to stay like, have you ever had any encounters with paparazzi? Well, no, I'm certainly not. Uh, but you're whatever. so recognizable. No, I am recognizable. Most people say hi. The only, you know, the few times that I have really been approached. Yeah. Are people that said, hey, talk to us about Amanda Bynes. What do you think about Amanda Bynes? Uh, and I, you know, had no comment. It was really right. funny. It's when I was working with Karen at that nonprofit. Yes, 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 yes. And so I was sitting at my desk and there's people kind of in cubicles and I get this call and I'm just listening and I just say, I have no comment. I have no comment. I must have said it like three times with it, three or huh. four times. And so then I hang up and the guy at the next cubicle goes, what was that? That sounded serious. Yeah. But that was always, you know, and then those people say, oh, well, we already talked to Blake and Blake. Uh, and I'm like, well, that's yeah, that's fine great, for them. Great. I, you know, I have no comment. Right. And those are the only times that I have really um been approached in a way that was like yucky. Yeah. Nobody is like friggin' Lori Beth over here, over here. Right. Well, you know? they are, but it's just not paparazzi. It's kids. Oh, yeah. No, it's people coming you up to me. You get that all the time. And it's... they're nice and smushy. Exactly. And, and I used to get a lot of hugs and give a lot of hugs. Yeah, I know. Hopefully, when this is over, uh, COVID, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, when Britney is free, we'll yeah. be able to. Um, so, yeah, it's. Um, it's shitty, and yeah. none of us can be inside that situation. Yeah, but there's also, I there's like a helplessness to it, too. Like, I, I don't know what I can do Yeah, that's going to make her life better other than just not consuming the material that some, the, the paparazzi create. Yeah. Well, you I know? mean, and the, the people at her court date to try to get the conservatorship changed. Uh, you know, there was a bunch of pro not protesters, supporters yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like free Britney, free Britney. So, you know, making a ruckus makes a difference. Yeah, it's true. And and this is a ruckus full of love. Yeah. Uh love ruckus. That's love the name ruckus. of my new funk album. <laughs> so, you know, the most we can do is support Britney. Yeah. You know, I have some insight into just what it's like growing up yeah. in show business and what, and I was already like 18 when I started, yeah. but I've worked with so many kids yeah. and I've seen the parents that are wonderful yep. and I've seen the parents that are just awful yeah. and, and your kid turns out the way they turn out. And then, you know, they get a little freedom and some of them go nuts yeah, and some of them are grounded and, it's such a crapshoot because growing up in show business is such a fucking fake, yeah. weird, wonderful experience. Yeah. And it really comes down to the people around you that make it yay or nay. Yeah. Can I can I do one last story? I hope you will. So uh Lori Beth uh has been invited to be on the new version of all that a couple of times oh, now. Yeah. And your first time there, you brought me with you. <gasps> That's true. I was with you on your first day back and I sat in your trailer with you and then we went out to to walk through the the librarian sketch. Yes. And it was the first sketch that you were practicing because you were also worked with the girl that was taking over for vital information. Yeah, I did a couple different sketches. But in that this was one. the first one where all majority of the cast was there. So mm -hmm. I was put into this one area where all the parents were. <laughs> so I was in the parent area because I was with you. And I have to say, I do have hope for the future of Hollywood because it did seem like the parents of this cast were all very sweet grounded, yeah. happy, non-threatening people. I actually went to the trouble to like get to know them. Yeah. And to say, hey, how's everything going? Yeah. And to to ask and we were chit-chatting for a while. They all yeah. seemed super sweet. Yeah. And it's kind of like, 
well, here are some pitfalls and here's, and I told them, please, if you have any questions, like, let me know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but on the whole, they're just good. And the kids are, the kids are good and sweet and funny and smart. So I I just have high hopes for the future of uh, child stars. Cause I do think that, that, uh, uh, a typical kind of stage parent has been slowly phased out uh, for a more conservative, just, you know, regular people are looking for regular down to earth kids and not yeah. like talent kids. Yeah. So uh, it's just going to, I hope cause uh, less stress in the future. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I'm, I'm behind it. Free Britney. Yeah, the whole thing is just ridiculous. I agree. thank you chase for your question it's so there's so much to talk about about being a kid and you know i'm sure we'll have plenty of more questions for you to tell yeah 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 yeah. but if you have a question for Lori beth you can send it to us at askloribeth.com you can hit us up on all the socials at askloribeth or you can just leave us a message with your name and where you're from at 1-855-DENBERG it's 1-855-DENBERG or 1-855-DENBERG Three three six two three seven four, and you can contact me personally at LB Denberg on Twitter. No, well, I did it wrong again. Oh no. God damn it! <laughs> at LB Denberg on Instagram, okay, and at Lori Beth Denberg on Twitter, okay, or you can. What's the other thing? Book Hire me for you, yeah. yes. You can book me for a personal. I've lost my mind. Book <laughs> you me get the Brianna. This job is draining me as well. <laughs> Let's get together and start a business. Um, you can book me for a personalized video for someone you love yep. at cameo.com slash Lori Beth. Woohoo! This was a good episode. I agree. This was fun. I like it. Thank you so much, everybody, for your questions. Yeah, Every time so a new one comes in, we're like, what is it? I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, we're getting great questions these days. Uh, so thank you so much, and I hope to hear from you again, and we'll talk to you later. Bye, bud. Bye. That Advice stars Lori Beth Denberg and Clark Crozier. The show is produced by me, Jeremy Balin, and part of the Seltzer Kings Network. Our theme song is written and performed by Natty Ward. If you or someone you love is in need of some bad advice, you can submit your own question on our socials, all of which are Ask Lori Beth, or on our website at AskLoriBeth.com, or for a nostalgic twist, you can call 1-855-DENBERG. That's right, 1-855-336-2374, and leave your question in there. Thanks for listening. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.